four, three. Fuck it. There's no, there's no words That's on tomorrow. it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Because I've never seen that. Fucking thing sucks. There's no words there. Fuck it. There's no, there's no words That's on tomorrow. it. live what's up everybody uh episode 59 i feel like it's been forever since we were here even though it's only about a week but uh yeah we are live welcome everybody episode 59 we're gonna talk about cannabis trade shows um real quick let's do breaking news real fast that was kind of loud bruce banner three seeds bruce banner s1 seeds uh getting harvested on friday so give me about 20 days or so and uh i'm fully dried up and not even 20 maybe even just like 15 but uh i'm gonna put those fuckers out to market quick because i know people been waiting so bruce banner three s1s look for them on the seed bazaar all right everybody let's talk uh, cannabis trade shows, or should we give away some free shit? Let's have them hang around for a bit. I say, we always do the free shit early, but, uh, I think I'll make you wait for all you fuckers that just come here for free shit and then leave. You gotta wait. Let's talk, we'll talk a little trade show garbage. So, let me bring in C's. C's is in the corner. Here. Welcome, C's. It's cracking. I'll fix your green screen just a little bit. Let me hook you up there, player. There we go. All right. So let's talk uh, cannabis trade shows. Uh, we have worked cannabis trade shows, you and I both, for quite a long time. Um, I work trade shows forever. But um, let's talk about why should you go to a cannabis trade show? Why should you, um, like, attend these things? Are they, like, hype? Or are they actual something that if you're a cannabis aficionado or someone who's serious about cannabis, um, should you attend them? And I would say yes, because you get to buy direct from the breeder's hand. And if to me, there. Yeah, if they're there, a lot of times they have reps. But if you can go right to their booth and buy directly from the breeder's hand, that is like the absolute best way of getting seeds. There's no guy in the middle. There's no funny business. Um, that's important. You're going to support the breeder directly which is important, um, and you get to talk to the guys who made the seed. 
if it's not the breeder, it's his his crew. And who better to ask questions to than the guy who actually made the seed? So for that reason, more than any other, I think, yes, going to cannabis trade shows is a good fucking idea. It's not even, I wouldn't even call it like a great time, but I would call it probably the best place to go to get to source your shit. Um, would you agree or disagree, Cease? It depends if you like crowds, because if you don't like crowds, you don't want to go to fucking events like Emerald Cup or fucking, you know, Chalice. And, you know, there's certain things about events that people definitely stay away from that they could just get everything online. But, yeah, I personally would rather be in person, see new strains, smell new things, meet new people, see what's hot before it actually blows up and all that. If anything, I prefer going to the events because I get to learn about all these new strains with us being uh, stuck in the house for like a year. I haven't been able to actually see anything really new, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. And that's it. Also, going to the shows is probably where you get the new new, like the newest of the new. Um, I mean, a lot of it are organized overseas drops, and obviously, like, pandemic has changed that. But uh, it used to be typically if you wanted the newest, freshest, newest shit, you got to go to the shows, to, to the booth to, to see the guys. It's like Black Friday at Walmart type shit. Yeah. Uh, tips and tricks like people want to know what's the best way of getting seeds or getting whatever you're after at the trade show I'm sure that's a question that people want to know and I have a couple um, one obviously is just get there fucking early the earlier bird gets the worm the earlier bird gets the best seed uh, another super secret would be I know this isn't like applicable applicable for everybody but uh, if you know a vendor or if you can get a vendor pass if you can buy a vendor band Vendors get in way before the rest of the general admission. So we go set up our booths, and then we walk over to the other booths, and we try to hook our shit up and get all the shit bought before they even let the GA people in. So if you can somehow get a vendor band, if you can schmooze somebody, that's the way to get, like, guaranteed get in line first. Um, let's also talk about uh, the Sundays, like Sunday fun day. Generally, I say Sunday because usually it's the last day of the show. The last day of the show is another time. It's not going to be where you get like the door busters, but you're going to get, uh, you can make deals. Um, you can make deals because people don't want to bring their shit back with them. So a lot of vendors will hold out till Sunday, then they'll walk around and try to make trades. Um, I'm thinking of like Maximum Yield, which isn't necessarily a cannabis trade show, it's a growing trade show. But if you go to Maximum Yield on the last day, there are people that show up with shopping carts and like little red wheelbarrows and little red wagons, and they're legit there to come home with the entire booth display of something. They'll get free lights, they'll get free nutrients. Like You can get amazing deals on the last day of the trade show simply because people don't want to bring this shit back. But uh, Caesar, you're a seed hawk. <laughs> uh, you, what's your tips and tricks for getting what you want? I can never get everything I want because, let's just say it's Emerald Cup, uh, everybody wants specific things. They got it planned out. So let's just say there's five different seed companies I want to see. One, I got to wait in line to get in. So that's your biggest thing. It's like if you know somebody ahead of line, you can pay somebody to wait in line for you. You know a vendor to get in. That's the best way. But first, you got to wait in line. You got to worry about all the other people trying to get the same thing you're getting. So you might not get what you want to get. So if you could get in line as early as possible... Go as soon, it, you know, straight to the booths that you're trying to get all the stuff from and go to all the other booths, take care of that, knock it out first. Sometimes you might not get everything you want, but like, let's just say you're going to five different people, you only get a chance to get your top three. It's still worth it just because, I mean, there's a lot of people trying to get the same thing you're getting. That's why the resale is incredibly high on some of these things. If you can't make it, you'll definitely find it on auctions or other places where you'll get it, but you're going to have to be, you know, you're going to get taxed. After the fact. 
I see Stone, Stone Ninja. Ninja. Sorry, that's loud. Uh, Stone Ninja's here. Ninja, give everyone give Ninja a fucking follow. He's the inspiration behind this entire podcast. So give Ninja a follow on IG. Follow him on Twitch. Follow him wherever the fuck you f- want to follow him. But follow Stone Ninja. Um, yeah, Ninja, you got any tips? Go ahead and chime in in the chat, bro. I'll put it on the screen. Any tips for getting what the fuck you want? But uh, yeah, I think what Caesar was kind of mentioning there that sprung to mind was make a list. Like I don't care if like make a list of what's coming up at the show. Because when you get there, you're going to be fluster fucked. And somebody's going to try to talk your ear off. And one dude's going to want to say, hey, come take a dab over here. You tried this joint. Let's go out to smoke. So let's do this. Like, go with the list. Go with the man with the plan. Or team. Have two, three people split up and go to different booths and get everything that you're trying to get. I've seen many teams. I've seen many guys walk up with a list. Um, I've seen people walk up with, take a picture of of the list, come back 10 minutes later and say, homie wants this, this, this. So that works. But it's a lot better if you can literally just send your, your people out on a mission. Um, hey, sometimes if uh, you really want something and you're not there and that vendor can take card, have your friend call up on the phone, put the vendor on the phone, be like, you know, read off the card number, all that so they can enter it. If you really want it, I mean, you'll find out a way to get what you're trying to get. Oh, I just stole my crutch right out my joint. That's why I hate them shits. Oof. No noodle? We went noodle free? All right, no crutch. We have to go old school. Uh, raw doggy. All right, we can, we can adapt. All right, um, so yeah, let's talk about working these bitches. Um, well, actually, before we talk about working, let's talk about what to expect at your first trade show. So I'm sure plenty of people in here have seen a lot of shows. Other people have never been to a trade show, and they're kind of wondering what to expect at your first trade show. So let me kind of run down a little bit about what you might expect when you get there. So generally, they're 21 and up or 18 and up. It's not really a family-friendly type of environment. Some shows do it. I think Hawaii. Emerald Cup did it. Uh, Hawaii. Hawaii does it, where there's youngsters running around and shit. But uh, generally, I would advise against taking your children, and I would advise against um, taking your pets. A lot of people like to bring their dog for some reason. There's so much shit on the ground. Your dog is going to get high. He's going to ground score some shit. It's really not a friendly spot for puppies in the sense that, like, or dogs, just because, like, they're going to eat some shit they shouldn't eat. And, uh... You don't want to leave them locked in the car all day. That sucks. So leave the dogs, leave the kids. But um, yeah, so when you get inside, well, it's not even before you get inside. First of all, parking, you're going to pay to park somewhere way the fuck far away, probably in a dirt field somewhere or in some city parking lot far away from where you're actually trying to go. There's probably a shuttle or some other shit to get there. Um, it's going to take you a minute to get in. By the time you actually get to the front door, you're going to have a, a line. Generally, there's a line. So... Um, yeah, expect to wait in a line to even get in the place. The fire marshals a lot of times will be there clicking, counting everybody coming in, counting people going out to keep it at maximum occupancy or whatever it is so they don't shut it down for the fire marshal. But, yeah, you usually got to wait a little bit. Um, expect to wait in line. Expect to wait. And also, for some fucking reason, all of these shows are in the dead of summer where it's hotter than fuck or in the winter when it's, like, colder than shit or in the fall or some shit. So you're either going to be hot or you're either going to be cold, and that's just the raw facts. Um, so come with multiple layers or a bunch of water. Um, so once you get inside, though, you finally fucking got through the line, you got through the security check, generally they're going to search you when you come through the security. They're looking for weapons. They're not really looking for your eighth of weed or whatever, your little pipe. Um, they don't fucking care. What they will care is if it looks like you're going to vend. So if you're coming through a backpack with a million edibles shrinked up with a little sticker on it and you're going to walk around trying to sell $5, you 
Rice Krispie treats or some shit, and they're, they're going to turn you away at the door. They don't want that. Um, they don't really care, again, if you have a little bit of weed generally. They don't care if you have a little bit of whatever, a pipe, an e-nail, a rig, a dab, whatever. Generally, you're good. It's just they don't like you coming in with, like, you know. So we talking about, like, 215 Admiral Cup days, or are we talking about, uh, like... Talking about now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because there's a huge shift to the way it used to be to the way there is. At one point, there was guys walking around with wagons with cardboard signs selling pounds for two grand or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? And they, they were just selling pounds out of a wagon walking around the show. But I would say that's generally not really happening anymore. But once you get in... Um, Maybe then before, dabs everywhere. It's not as much anymore, but there's going to be every booth is going to have a dab station, a dab mat, a dab whatever. And usually it's free dabs. Don't sometimes, it. yeah, sometimes it's like, um, you know, buy something, get a dab, or some sort of raffle, get a dab, whatever the fuck. But almost always it's free fucking dabs. And as Caesar just said, I don't recommend taking them. A, that rig is gross. Um, B, it's probably some open blasting butane heavy fucking gross shit. So um, a thousand people hit that rig before you and probably drooled in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, there should be essentially dabs everywhere. Or if it's one of the more corporate style events, there'll be absolutely no smoking. So a lot of these shows have absolutely zero smoking, and um, obviously there's people push that envelope. So it starts off very dry and stiff. And then by the midday, it's people were smoking a couple of vape pens. And by afternoon, the joint gets busted out. And by the second day, people are kind of freely smoking in their booth, like hiding it from a security guard. And I don't know. Generally, it's not smoking, but people fucking smoke at every single one of these shows. They might. They don't want to say it, but like you know, with the amount of fucking people come from all these different places, fucking getting high, sharing joints, smoking, coughing. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some other fucking next level fucking virus, you know, gets bred out of these <laughs> cannabis events. And in, a, in, a, in a post-pandemic world, I wouldn't really recommend passing joints necessarily around to everybody. We used to do it freely, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would think twice, at least until the world normalizes a bit more. And um, yeah, there, I mean, lines everywhere. I kind of mentioned that, but there's going to be lines at booths. There's going to be lines at the big seed drops, The you know. Some of the booths are going to have a line for a long fucking time. Other booths will have nothing going on, so you can walk right up. But uh, there's lines. I'm thinking of Spanibus. There's lines for 100 people deep to spin a wheel for a dollar. you know. And, they, and the dollar wheel spin gets you a free seed or some shit. And people will wait in line for hours for something like that. So expect for there to be some big fucking lines. Um, yeah. Uh, the crowd. The crowd depends on the location or depends on, like... Uh, the people that put on the show so something like high times you'll have a younger crowd a more hype beast type crowd or whatever but something like a bizcon mj bizcon you'll have much more suits and investor types um so depending on the type of show and we're going to go through some of the shows so we'll kind of tell you yay or nay on what caesar and i think on some of these shows but uh some of the shows are dirty hippie stuff and other shows are straight fucking suit and tie you know what i mean um so the crowd and the type of show and who's putting the show on largely depends on the environment that you're walking into and the location. Uh, anything to add as far as what to expect at a trade show, Caesar? Uh, bring your own fucking food because the line for fucking food is insane. So bring a fucking sandwich and fucking cookies, a fucking apple, bring something to fuck, bring a cooler worth of food so you don't have to wait in those fucking lines. Um... You know, bring a bunch of Ziplocs because you're going to get a bunch of people giving you weed and you're going to give people weed. 
so it's good to have Ziplocs because a lot of people fucking always look for a Ziploc bag or a jar. Now I learned my lesson. I always bring a bag of Ziplocs at these events. Uh, Sharpies if you need to write shit down. Uh, alcohol wipes just because they're fucking useful always. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of random things I can add here and there, but I guess... Yeah. I don't want to go too off topic. What's that thing, the device that you can smoke with? The mouthpiece. Yeah, the lung or mouthpiece, or whatever. I'd recommend if you're going to go and hit everyone's rig and shit, if you're really going to do that, then bring your own, you know, mouthpiece for sanitized mouthpiece type of deal thing. It's an attachment that goes on the fucking rig or bong, so you don't have to put your lips directly on it. Yeah, I don't know the name of the manufacturer. There's probably a few of them. It's called mouthpiece. Oh, just call the mouthpiece. Yeah. Shout them out then. Mouth P-E-A-C-E. Gotcha. All right, let's talk about what it's like to work these motherfuckers. So, first off, a few points on what it feels like to work these trade shows. So, first of all, the trade show actually begins for us two or three days before the actual event because we got to prepack a fuck ton of stuff. And we literally make a huge list of everything that we need and we come up with our menu. And then I have a graphic designer work out the menu. And sometimes we need new banners. So, it actually takes weeks before the event where we have graphic designs working on the banner because we're splitting the booth with so-and-so and and we want to both have our logos up there and there's a shit ton of pre-planning that goes into the events and then generally it gets crammed into the last two or three days you have to fucking make everything come together before you jump a plane to go wherever the fuck you're going so by the time you get to wherever the fuck you're going you're exhausted already that's generally my experience now i might just be captain procrastinator and like yeah, I don't know. Other operations are run much smoother and less stressful, but my shit is like, fucking go, 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 go. It's 2.30 in the morning, flight's at 6 a.m. I got to pack a bag, and we got to fucking make sure all this shit's done. You got the menu, someone's got to go to Kinko's, fucking fuck. Somebody email me the file, I'll just print it wherever the fuck we're going out of Kinko's somewhere there. Hopefully that I can find one, like, it's a shit show. So by the time you get to where you're going, usually you land, fly all day or travel all day, land in the evening for the show the next morning which is either rush down to set up or get there the next morning. You set up, you're exhausted, you go pass out for a few hours, you actually get good hard sleep, but you're woken up by like 8 or 9 a.m. to get your ass down on the trade show by usually 9 or 10. Um, And uh, when you work the show, you already start off like just wiped out. But there's this huge adrenaline pump when it's like, the doors rush open and people run in and they're super excited to fucking see you and talk to you and you, not everybody, but some people, you're making their show to talk to them. You know what I mean? Or, and they're just fucking super pumped. And they're like, oh, dude, I, wanted, I came here. I wanted to see you. You're the reason I came here. It's like, oh, fuck, man. Well, let me give you my undivided attention. And let's talk about what the fuck you're into. What, what's going on? What you want to buy? What you're, I don't know, what you're growing? What terps you like? All the rest of that. And those moments will uplift you and carry you, you know, throughout the entire day. Um, I could say... A lot of times, once the doors open, we don't even fucking stop to eat lunch until like seven, six, seven o'clock at night. We're like, what the fuck? Did anyone eat? And we'll turn around and look like, did anybody get food? Anyone, you know, like sometimes we'll send a runner for a little bit more organized to go get lunch for people. But a lot of times, honestly, you can chime in. I mean, we literally power right through it and we'll give ourselves 10 minutes to go walk around, you know what I mean, and leave the other guy get, to get swamped. But generally, it's fucking, you know, go, go, go. There's a line, there's, there's, it's like I say, it's a weird energy uplift where it's like, I can't walk away, I can't stop, I can't, you know, not that I would even want, I don't even want to walk away, I want to sit here and chill with the people as long as we can, and chop, chop up stories, smoke a joint, whatever it may be, but at the same time, 
I'm not going to say it gets old, but after a three-day show and people are coming up and all they want to do is smoke a joint with you and you've already smoked a joint with a guy three times or whatever, it's just like, okay, this event is starting to drag on a bit. I've seen everybody that came. They've showed up. The... There's, there's different types of people that come to shows. The ones that are early birds that come straight in, that are like, I'm here to get this. Here's my list. I need to get this shit. I'm out of here. And then there's guys that treat it like it's their weekend at Disney World, and they show up, and they're like, all right, I got a list, but I got three days to get it. I'm going to wander around. I'm going to meet everybody. I'm going to try to hang out with everybody. And uh, that's cool. That's totally a cool experience for that person, and I, I get that. Um, so there's just different types. There's different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? Um, as far as what else to work it, um, I like working it in the sense that customers come to you. I, uh, I used to work with my, my, I think I've told this before, my dad was a door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman. So he taught me that business where you knock on doors, door-to-door, and sell vacuums to people and say, hey, you got a dirty carpet, let me fix that for you, blah, blah. You got to get in their house. You got to get the sale. You put the dirt all over the floor. You make them feel bad about how dirty their house is, almost shame them into buying a vacuum cleaner and this high-pressure pitch, all this other shit. But then there's trade shows, and you have a booth, and people pay to go to the trade show. And then when they walk up to your booth, I'm talking about selling vacuums right now. I was sold a shit ton of central vacs, the kind of vacuums that go through your walls with the pipes and all that shit and a big thing in the garage. People who are building new homes at the home and garden shows would walk up and say, hey, I'm building the, on this new home, and I'm in the market for this. And I loved it because I wasn't bothering anybody. I didn't intrude on anyone's space. It wasn't anything like that. Like They came to me, and I knew the product, and I'm going to sell them the fucking product. So there's something to working a show and your customer base or people who are interested remotely in seeds, you have an opportunity to win them as a customer. You make that sale, show them what your brand is about. And I like the fact that you're not intruding. You're not forcing shit down anyone's throat. They walk up to you and say, hey, man, tell me about this. Or, hey, man, what Bruce Banner? I heard about that. Are You you did Bruce Banner? I'm like, yeah, come on in here. Let me show you what's up with my, my menu or whatever the fuck. I, you know, there's... Again, the idea that at a trade show, your customers come to you is like my favorite thing in the world as opposed to trying to track down a customer, do an ad on the internet. You know, I've never gone door to door to sell cannabis seeds, but uh, certainly did it a bunch selling vacuum cleaners. And I preferred when they came to me as opposed to me going to them. <laughs> but when you are not a vendor, when you're going, do you know exactly where you're going specifically? Or are you looking around and walk around and fucking find out, you know? What's new? Or it depends. So if I have a limited amount of money or whatever, and I have a certain budget, yeah, I usually make a lap. I mean, I'll say make a, as quick as I can, make a lap and try to check all the menus out and be like, all right, these guys, you got a new drop, and I'm going to try to go scoop that. Um, but let me see what my budget can afford. Or, oh, fuck, my homies over there who I really like are doing a crazy show special. Maybe I'll just go grab the show special because I get three packs for what I would have got on the new Custy pack over there. You know what I mean? So it's like, but I'll do if if I if money's not really an option and I'm there to fucking up my genetic library, then yeah, I'll just go scoop up what a fuck I want to scoop up all over the place and scoop the best deals, scoop the newest shit. But if you know, I'm in the eyes of the general consumer, I think most people walk in with a budget anywhere between, I don't know, hundred to six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars to buy genetics. You know what I mean? And that equates to, what, three or four packs for a lot of people? And that's, you know, that's a high-end buyer, really, that has four, five hundred, six hundred dollars to spend across the trade show. A lot of guys come in there with a hundred bucks in their pocket, and they're going to try to leave with the best pack that they can. So it's totally a different experience based on the customer that you're getting. Um, but like I say working the, sh- the booths, you, you don't ever judge a person. It's, I mean, I know you know this, too, where it's like, 
you have a dude walk up that looks bummy as shit and he doesn't he's not really engaging your questions he's asking you a few things but he's not really engaging you back very much and you're like okay you know what i mean you don't really write him off because he's the guy that will turn around whip out and go all right give me 10 packs of everything and you're like what and it's like okay fucking that's you know, $15,000 or $9,000 or they're like, sure, they whip out hundreds and they got it and it's no big deal. As opposed to the dude that comes over and the Gucci and the fucking whatever and the gold, all this. And sometimes that's dude's a player and he spends some fucking coin. A lot of times he ain't fucking buying shit. He's there to fucking spin your wheel to get a free fucking pack or play the lottery or he got free dabs or whatever the fuck. So you don't, you don't prejudge your, your customers like that ever. Uh, something that I've learned too. <clears throat> So uh, there's one tip, like if you're really just going up and down just to look, you know, around, not really getting it, then if you don't want to talk to nobody, it'd be like, yo, like, if you don't want to really be like, yo, I don't have time to talk or whatever, just say you got cotton mouth. Ain't nobody going to fucking argue with you. Yeah, that's Caesar's walk around move when he's walking around and every vendor or every person's trying to get you because there's everyone stands in front of their booth and they have stickers or they have a card, or they have a promo. And you're just trying to get from one side of the trade show to the other, and everyone wants to pull you in and talk to you, right? It's just, I got caught in mouth, but I can't talk. And they leave you alone. That's one way to get across the building. Um, I'll ask you this, is What's a good question to ask when buying seats? If you're going to like think of one question, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but if you had to think of one question, what would the one question you ask if you're going to walk up to every booth before you buy seats? What's the one question you should ask them? I'll make it a twofer. And then what's a bad question? Because we get all kinds. Let me answer the bad one first. What's the <laughs> highest THC? Okay, and there is no bad questions, but this one is not the best question you it's, should be asking to buy your seats. It's based off of miseducation, I feel. Not because it's the wrong answer, or wrong question to ask, but you really don't want to be buying your weed based off of solely just THC percentage. But uh, let's see, now the question to ask when I'm going around... Um, Ninja says, these are free, right? <laughs> <laughs> that works. It works for Ninja. Uh, what do I ask vendors when I'm going around? All right, so usually, like, personally, like, I usually ask about, like, I don't give a fuck about THC percentage. I just care about flavor. What's going to taste the best? Yeah. So if you walk up to a booth, the worst thing that you can kind of say is, like, Yo, what's the best shit you got, or what's the highest CA shit you got? Some of the, if you you'll you'll seem uneducated to us vendors, but if you walk up to a booth and say, "Hey, what's the best terps you have? What's the highest terps you have? What's the best washer you have?" or something, like that, it instantly makes me look at you like, "Dude, gross. Dude knows what the fuck's going on. He grows strains. He washes strains. He has a you know rosin department, whatever. So it's just you can." Not that you need to mislead anybody when you're buying seeds because they should be giving you straight answers across the board if you're a noob or if you're a veteran. But the idea is if you walk in there and your first question to every booth is, what's best? You know what I mean? Like We get that every fucking third guy. Hey, man, what's the best shit you got? And it's just like, it's, it's like tell, asking me, what's my favorite child? I have 20 children on this menu right here. And you're like, what's your favorite kid? It's like, I, dude, I like all of these. I've worked all of these for a long fucking time. I don't even want to say it's disrespectful, but it, in a weird fucking snooty kind of way, it almost is disrespectful to walk up like, what's best? It's like, dude, I've cultivated these for fucking years. I've sweated and toiled over this shit. If like, you come to me and ask me that, I'm a dead ass. I swear, I'm not even lying. If you come to me and ask, what's the best thing? Like, uh, what's the hottest shit? I'm going to push on you, like, you know, what I have the most of. Totally. So with that said, let's go into some of the trade shows and talk about them. Uh, we'll just go through them one by one and run down if they're goes or no goes. And Caesar and I might get ourselves in trouble with this one. But 
Anibus, first one up. Probably the biggest. Definitely a yes. Probably the biggest fucking show there is. Like, you have to be dedicated to fly halfway around the world, Americans, to go to a trade show. But if you do, it's a fucking trade show on steroids. You won't believe what the fuck you see when you get there. Three fucking stories, fucking booths. Booths that have fucking coffee shops in the middle of them on the second floor. It's like, what the fuck? It, it's, it's insane and awesome and amazing. And it's, you should definitely fucking go. Now, the genetics there, they're not that great. I mean, it's changing a little bit where, I don't it sounds arrogant, but some of the North American companies are coming over and bringing some of that flavor with it. But it's riddled with fake auto bullshit and fake fucking European renamed crap for a dollar a seed because that's how a lot of Europeans buy stuff. But there's also premier companies now showing up over there with you know high-end genetics. And it's a crazy, crazy show. DNA genetics, like has a fucking 60-foot booth in the middle. It's a house. Greenhouse has a house. Fucking, again, I'm just going to go right through it, and uh, this one's definitely a go. Secret Sesh. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this one. This one is just to, from what I, you, maybe you can correct me, Caesar, but this one is more of like where you go buy hash and smoke out, and they're secret, and they sort of announce where they are totally privately and not really that advertised. It's not really a seed vendor show as much. I'm sure there's seeds being sold there. But this is where kids go to show out. This is like that trap scene shit. A lot of the hash is totally fucking fake, would be my guess. But um, yeah, these shows, if you like to smoke and you want to buy the newest, hottest fucking shit. I don't even say the newest, hottest shit. The hottest, fakest, mylar shit. This is probably where you go. A lot of this, maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of the shit is in like South Florida and... I think New York. It started in L.A., I believe. But, uh, yeah, this Secret Sesh is for some people. It's a good time, I'm sure. But I wouldn't go there for authenticity of, like, products 100%. All right. Any comment on Secret Sesh? Secret Sesh is pretty cool if you want to go and hang out, dab, show off your glass. But it's not for genetics. If anything, it's just for, like, the heady boys to, you know, exchange hash. Not much flour. I mean, there is here and there. But from what I've experienced, it's mainly, like, people dabbing and stuff. They have booths, uh, I remember. But, uh, yeah, it's usually in, like, a, a nice-ass house, dope mansion. It's pretty cool. It's different spot, usually different times. Uh, I remember the last one they did out here in Denver was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dope. Pretty dope idea. Canacon. is a like a big one. It's been around for a while. Um, I'm rated. Yeah, I would say. Well, se- secret sesh. Is that a go or no go? Uh, I'm gonna give it a go if the, if you know what, what it is. Well, just to go. go for genetics or just for. Event? I'm not gonna specify. Is it as a good fucking time? As a cannabis event. Yeah, as a cannabis event. Go go or no as go. A cannabis event. Yeah. Go. Yeah, I think it's a go. Again, if you know what you're going for, but it's it's still a good it's still a good. Uh, event to go to fun time if you don't all get arrested because it's sort of sketchball um don't t- <laughs> don't tell them i told you to go <laughs> all right canacon uh canacon like i said big i have mixed feelings about this one we've worked it many times they're all over the country the ones in oklahoma crush um other ones really suck uh, but uh, i've you know i this one has a lot of the seed vendors generally all the seed vendors show up show out and um it's a pretty good show it's a mix between the corporate and the the like seed world and slash like hippie world, so I wouldn't say they're full corporate, but they're I don't know it's it's a hybrid right down the middle. But uh, if it comes to your town, 
Yeah, I would say go. I, again, I don't know the ticket prices on this one, but I would say this one's probably a go. You might check to see the vendors. I will say, as a as working these shows or buying booths at these shows, the sh- the ones that you can't pick your booth spot, I fucking hate. So a lot of them you just buy a booth and you have no idea where it is. And then now some of the guys use software where you can literally pick your booth, see your neighbors, see where you are. You know your booth number. You pick it. You buy it. You pay for it. You're locked in. You can see a map before the show even begins. Those are the best shows. The shittiest shows are the shows where they're literally, yeah, we got you a booth. You don't know where it is until you show up and you're in the fucking back-ass corner behind the porta-potties or some shit. Tell them your experience. I mean, every fucking time it's fucking in the back-ass corner behind some porta-potty shit or whatever. So I generally have to lose my shit on people and be like, I'm not fucking paying you $4,000 to be back behind this crapper when there's absolutely no one coming here. And it's pure luck of the fucking draw. It's not like it was our fault that we got stuck there. It's just because that's the way it fucking goes sometimes. And I have bad luck all the time. Anyway, Canacon, go or no go, Caesar? What do you got? I don't even know if I've ever went to one. Did I? Uh, did we go work at one in Oklahoma? Or some shit. Yeah, we were, we worked Oklahoma one. Uh, I mean, it was alright. Yeah, that was the one that we split the booth with um, the Illumina. light guys, Illumina. Yeah. yeah, it was alright. It was a decent show. BizCon, MJ BizCon, uh, Chad Central. Definitely. Uh, fucking Investor Central, Suit Central. Tickets are like a thousand bucks. Uh, hardly any seed vendors, if at all. I think Swerve worked it one year. I think Moscow worked it one year. They said they did pretty good at it. So I don't. I think the shows are probably pretty good to work. But you got to spend like I don't know five to ten grand to even get a booth, and uh, just super expensive in Vegas. Um, yeah, I'm not saying don't go because the money that is spent at this time of year in Vegas is fucking insane. People throw the craziest after parties. These huge companies that love to lose millions of dollars every year. This is where they fucking lose the most every year. They come down here and throw an opulent party at some fucking place, and it's ridiculous. And yeah, go experience all that fun of all these people fucking wasting their investors' money on huge fucking parties that, whatever, they're going to be out of business in two, three years anyway. Um, but yeah, if you're planning to build something or you're serious, like you have an investor, or you, you need to figure out a greenhouse or automation, or this is sort of like the uh, E3 of like grow. So E3 is like electronics trade show where like new video games come out or Sony unveils new TVs or whatever. It's just like new shit comes out and they unveil it. I would say BizCon is where you're going to find like the newest tech that costs $180,000 to install or some shit. And it's going to be whatever it may be. But they'll unveil it there for the big boys that have multi-million dollar growth facilities. Still a good time to go to Vegas at this time. Generally, Caesar and I try to do the 100K around this. That way you can come and have a cool cup and still experience all the festivities of Vegas. But yeah, Caesar, BizCon, go or no go? It's a definite yes. Definite yes from Caesar. It's a definite no from me, which is weird because I just, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it there. It was like way too chatty for me. But if you're trying to score an investor or something, get your ass in that building. It's uh yeah. You're in the cannabis community. You're either looking for an investor, you're looking to promote an item or a project or something like that. I mean, you'll definitely find the person to connect with there. So if you're trying to get into the cannabis industry somehow, you'll definitely find somebody in the building. Or if not there, you'll find them at an after party. So it's definitely worth it just because, like, for networking purposes, not genetics, this is solely just based off of, like, you trying to meet new people in the space or trying to find new equipment or lights or products or sell a product or something like that, but not genetics. 
Jack Herrera Cup. Um, this started in Las Vegas as a simple, small, homegrown type of cup. They expanded this year, I believe, and got bigger in Oklahoma City. I personally have never been, but I heard the show was excellent this year. I heard they did great. I don't know if that's a product of being cooped up through the pandemic and one of the first shows back, but I heard the show was fantastic. So I can't really comment too much on this, but I've seen these guys grow their show over the past few years, and uh, it looks to me like a go. Caesar, would you go or no-go this? I went to one. It was pretty cool. If anything, uh, it's put together pretty well. They did one in Thailand as well, too, I believe. Really? Uh, yeah. If anything, if you're invited, if you find a spot to you know go and you hang out, or if you're in town when one's going on, I'd check it out. If anything, it's not a genetics event. It's more like a party, I feel. So. Gotcha. Brings us to Indo Expo. Um, Indo Expo is probably... The Super Bowl, well, no, I take that back. There's, I have a different Super Bowl in mind. but Well, now, it is now. Indo Expo Denver is probably the biggest trade show of the year as far as seed sales. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm missing some shows. I know there's some shows that just really show out. But last year and the past two years coming, Indo Expo has just like gone bananas. But um, they also had some struggles. I think they went to the Oregon or Portland and they basically canceled the show because it started to suck out there. Yeah. So it's like... They've been around for a minute, um, but Indo Expo has been generally a fantastic fucking show, and um, one that you got to get there early. You got to show up and line up with your list. Um, the Denver one's great. They've done a few multiple different ones uh, that that weren't so hot, but uh, yeah, our our guy uh, Wolf was associated with this. I'm not sure if he is anymore or any longer. He's doing his own little groovy gravy type of events or secret sesh type of events lately. I don't know if that's an offshoot or if he's still with the guys, but if Wolf's still still associated in any way, shape, or form, you know the event's going to run really smoothly. And um, all of Wolf's stuff is on point, and it's just professional and locked down, and there's hardly ever any problems. So I would say Indo Expo is a definite must-go if uh, if it's in Denver. And if it's in a different location, you might uh, you might hold off. Caesar, any, any thoughts on Indo Expo? Indo Expo is definitely the spot to get genetics. That's where the lines are going to be crazy to get in just from outside. Then you got to wait on the line inside for the uh, vendors. But yeah, it's definitely the spot to be for genetics. Yeah. Grow equipment as well, too. But like, there's been, it's slowly went from grow to like grow in genetics to like almost mainly genetics now. That is one thing. I just actually saw Mike Denver in the chat. Shout out, Mike Denver. But, um, yeah, the Indo Expo was probably one of the only shows that does an industry-only day first, which is really fucking weird. So they let people who like work at, have badges, or it's really easy to get into, really. But they, the first day of the show is usually industry-only, which is strange, because the second day, the general public gets to come, and they're the bulk of the of the of the payload coming through like they're they're the ones that are going to line up for hours and buy stuff that might be the more like more people might be in on the second day but more people with money coming on the first day because they're the ones that are trying to get in to get everything like bought up before anybody else does we do metric seeds obviously so the first day of indo expo is great for us whereas the second day it's like i can't even sell to the public here because of where we sell in dispensaries so but it's interesting that indo is probably the only show that does in industry only day first and then secondary is open to the public. I think Max Yield does that too, which isn't a cannabis show, but it's like a hydroponic show. So they let the grow stores come in first and then the public second. He said he was going to do like a metric event, right? He's working on it. Wolf is talking about doing a, a metric type thing, but uh, there's a lot of hurdles to, to get over before we do that. 
High Times, the famous High Times Cannabis Cups events. So much could be said here. Um, they kind of started this whole shit, so we got to pay them tribute to that, I suppose. I'm sure it would have existed without them regardless, but they definitely pushed the envelope, so we got to give them a little pay tribute a little bit to that. Their shows used to be incredible. They used to be every single one of them you couldn't miss as a breeder. You had to go. If you weren't there, it hurt your brand. Like You had to be there. And you also, as a vendor, you did great. Like You always did great. You sold out almost always. You mopped up. But then something happened. And I don't know what that something exactly was. I know. Change of ownerships and maybe somebody passed. But uh, these motherfuckers suck now. And... Um, I mean, I can tell you right now, you can expect to go to it if you... First of all, I don't even think they do the shows. They got rid of all vendor booths because it was such a fucking nightmare. Now it's only cannabis cups for dispensaries only, and that's what High Times is doing. They own dispensaries in California. They're trying to sell weed. They don't even do this shit anymore. They bought a bunch of other shows like Dope Cup and Chalice and other things, and maybe they're going to put those events on still. But if High Times is throwing the event, I can tell you how, what to expect now. Um, you're going to buy a booth, and you're going to have no fucking idea where it is. You're going to show up. They're going to have no fucking idea who you are, how you have a booth, where it's supposed to be, what's going on, if you paid, if you haven't paid. You're going to fight with fucking three security guards and two parking attendants before you even get your car parked. And by the time you get into that bitch, you're going to find yourself in the back left corner fucking stuck in some mud hole, and they're going to open the show. And generally, it's got a line around the block, and it's so fucking chaotic. And by the time people get into these events... They think that they, because they paid high times of $200 or whatever the fuck it was, that everything on the inside is free or should be something free for them. Like everything should be, I, I'm here for my, my experience. And it's like everybody in there is trying to sell shit, uh, except for the free dab guys, but they still have products for sale. But um, I'll tell you right now, high times lost the edge. They had it, and it turned into through m mismanagement, you know, I, some of the guys that worked there were fantastic. I'd see them every show. They'd take care of me. They'd even look at me and be like, Jay, man, I'm doing the best I can for you, but, you know, go tell the higher-ups, you know, what, you know, how important I am because they're literally firing everybody. And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. They, like, they destroyed themselves internally, cut their own head off. But uh, Caesar has more insight than I. So Caesar, high times, cannabis cups, what do you think? Go, no, go. What the fuck happened to them? I have a bias, so clearly I have to say it's a go. Um, but this all depends on exactly what time frame we're talking about. Originally, anything before twenty first, anything before twenty seventeen was the shit. And then fucking recreational cannabis came in. California tried doing like fucking twelve events a year. Like it used to be good when you know there was like one or two a year, if that. And then it just started getting a little too oversaturated. And then like it became recreational. And then you needed a license and it, it just, the cost of booths weren't, you know, equal into how much the vendors were going to make sometimes because the oversaturation of, like, events that they kept having, like, like seven or eight in, like, SoCal at the Nas Center. It's like, vendors really don't want to go seven or eight times to the same event when you could just go one time a year and everybody gets hyped and excited and prepares for that and just yeah. wants to pick up your stuff. But it just, something happened where it's just, like, it was amazing when it was, like, you know, one in Northern California, one in Southern California, one in Colorado, and then, you know, one somewhere else and then Amsterdam, probably like four a year, if that. But it was almost like a regional thing. But now, well, not now, but after, like, it started to be getting really popular, more of the money was coming in from 
the events than the magazine, it seems. So they just started really juicing it to the point where it's like it got oversaturated. And that's what happened. It's like, I feel like somebody got greedy and just wanted to keep doing events. And the vendors weren't down with that because the vendors weren't making money. So at the end of the day, they weren't mad because there's always somebody new that's coming into it that's going to want to pay to get a booth. And at the end of the day, they weren't losing money if they were making us unhappy because... Well, us as in the vendors, uh, they just pretty much would find somebody else to fill the spot. Yeah, it, I worked for a while, but I think eventually it pissed off every fucking vendor on under the sun, and we all just said, fuck it, man, and literally stopped attending them. I think one by one, all the best breeders, all the best seed makers, everyone else was like, I'm done fucking with you guys. You fucked me over enough, and we're just done. So I don't know. High Times is a different thing altogether now. So the good old days are kind of gone with that company, but there's other new cups happening all the time that are going to fill that void. So speaking of, old one, HempCon. This one, I only have one thought, and that's Las Vegas. Like I don't even remember the year, but I went out there a few years back, and there was undercover cops everywhere, and I didn't even set up my booth. We walked in, and it was like with Joshua Plata and me and... We looked around and I was like, dude, there's this is not right. There's like a line of cop cars out front. They didn't even hide their cop cars. And then fucking you walk in and there was all these dudes with like mustaches and tie-dye shirts. I was like, yeah, right. Like, no. And then fucking as we walked over to find out where our booth was, they arrested some dude for displaying a chocolate fudge square edible. He had it in a display case. Didn't sell it. Didn't whatever. He just displayed it. And this is in Las Vegas proper. Is it because it was square? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the fuck the whole shit was about, but I walked in, took one look, and I was like, fuck no, I'm not setting this shit up. Turned around, walked out, told them I want my money back for the booth, which they never gave my money back, and I said, fuck you, HempCon, I'm never working your shit ever again. I'll never come back. You're running some entrapment fest bullshit. Now, honestly, it wasn't their fault that the cops targeted their event, but uh, they could have handled it way better. They could have told their vendors, like, today is not the day. Or I don't even know how you'd handle that, throwing the event, but... uh, Either way, I, I don't know. I, years removed, I feel like a bit of an asshole for being kind of going off about that, being like, I want my fucking money, everything else, because they lost their ass. I'm sure every vendor wanted a refund. I'm sure their show sucked because it was, you know, fu- tons of fucking cops. But they used to move their shows around all over the place from San Fran to LA to Vegas to everywhere else. And uh, I don't know. I just I don't like their shows. So I'm going to say that's a no go for me. What do you got any HempCon fucking go no goes? I don't think I've ever been to one and anything. Thing that I've ever heard of HemCon has usually been like fucking shit anyway. So, yep. I'd say it's a no go. Gene Traders, this is a new one. This guy just popped up recently, started doing these events, and um, all I got, I haven't worked it personally, but I just sent Caesar out to work the New York one uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'll say this much: it looks fucking like a good time, good show. Guys doing events primarily on the East Coast. But uh, look them up, because I would say these shows are killing, man. Small, intimate affairs, no more than like 20, 30 booths, really. But uh, yeah, you go in and elite cuts, super you know, good seeds, good seed banks, good seed breeders, smaller type of events. And uh, I kind of like that, as opposed to having a giant mega fucking show with 500 booths and you can't even find the guy you're looking for. So uh, yeah, check out Gene Traders, dude. It's on the rise. Yeah, it's a go for me, Caesar. It was definitely uh, worth it for four hours, uh, especially the amount of money made. A bunch of people came through. Uh, it was pretty cool. People knew what they wanted. Uh, put up a list online before people like had to see it when they got to the booth. So uh, if they wanted a 
figure out what they were getting before they got there. They knew exactly what they wanted just to not waste as much time. Uh, it was pretty cool. If anything, there's uh, another one that got announced in New York again that I'm down to go to if you're down to uh, go. We'll or, probably end up doing it, yeah. We'll ride that uh, pony till uh, she dies. If she dies. Until it, it gets too big. It's That's a one-day event, four hours, so... I mean, you got to know where it's at. Like, you got to know people. So that's what's cool about it. It's not open to the public. It's a word-of-mouth kind of event. But still, people make money on a word-of-mouth event. Just imagine if it was open to the public. Ninja says Gene Traders is a go. Yes. So there you go. Approved by Ninja. All right, a couple more left. Then we'll give away a pack of seeds. And we're about out of here. We only have a few more minutes to go. So Emerald Cup. This one is the Mega. But just like High Times... Regulation killed this bitch. It was the Super Bowl of weed. We went there one time with, I don't even want to say how much stock or whatever, but what I would normally expect to sell over a three-day weekend, and we sold out in like four fucking hours. And me and Caesar, <laughs> like, we just looked at each other like, well, fuck, man. Like, just put sold out on the booth, and we'll just hang out here and shit and smoke weed and talk to people. But we crushed that place. Every time I went there, it was fucking amazing. It was in NorCal. It was kind of hippie-ish vibe. They had a good concert all the time. But unfortunately, like everything good, it comes to an end, and it now is heavily under regulation to make it happen. So there's really not any seed vendors there. If there are, there's very few. Um, the booths are really expensive. Or if you, you have to do all sales through metric, so it's that's been taken over through regulation. And to me, I'm gonna have to unfortunately say it's a no go. I like everyone who puts it on. I don't want the show to die. I think you guys should keep supporting it if possible but I don't ever see it returning to its former glory. So I'm going to have to say that one's going to have to be a pass from me. Pass from me, dog. It was good up until 2018. Yeah, it was. It was amazing, you know. It was the shit. It was the best one. Are you have to, Are you giving it a no-go? Are you passing? You still want to go. If it's now, currently, no. Nah. It's more of a family reunion. I don't know if it is anymore, but we used to go, and it was just cool to everyone chill. A lot of people would eat mushrooms, and it would just be this chill vibe. Whereas everyone got to see each other that hadn't seen each other all year. It was end of year, harvest time for all the Cali guys. So it used to be a great fucking event. But um, it's, I don't know. I hope it returns to its former glory. We'll just leave her there. Uh, Nikan. Nikan, I think, is the new best show that there is. I think Nikan puts their shit together the most organized, the most proper. Uh, you can check out the, the booth map online before you go to vend there and work the show. They give you all the information you need. They don't withhold certain certain jurisdictions, don't allow seed sales, and they tell you that. And so you don't waste your money and efforts and energy to go and show up at a show, and certain places don't give a fuck. So they've taken a serious approach at this, and uh, I think NECAN stands for New England Cannabis something, but uh, they're actually all over the place. They're in Maine, they're in New Jersey, they're in Chicago. Um, so I actually just got a booth today at the New Jersey one in Atlantic City, in October. So I've never, I hit them up because I know about the Rio disaster, trying to sell seeds on the casino floor or whatever. And this one's not in a casino. But I've never been to Atlantic City. And uh, sometime in October, I guess we're going to Atlantic City, probably play cards and sell some seeds. So come see us at NECAN in Atlantic City. All right, everybody. Uh, that's a go for me. Pretty much wherever the fuck this is, this is a go. Unless they specify no seed sales. Sort of like Heinz Center in Boston. It's like a small... Uh very small MJ BizCon. Yeah, it's, it's closer to MJ BizCon as far as like corporateness or chadness, but at the same time, like it's a good event to go and find products, sell products, 
everyone is there. If you're trying to find one show a year and meet everybody at one time, Nikan is probably the show to go to or Indo Expo, and you'll meet all the breeders in one shop. There's another event in New York, the CWCBE. It's uh, like another BizCon, really business-ish, but uh, a couple of people might not know about it, but it's... Uh, that's the suit and tie affair thing. Yeah, the yeah. Jacob Javits shit. Yeah, that's just probably like the only event that you'll catch me in a suit and tie. Got you. Cowboy Cup. I threw this one in there just because I want to support the guys. They're building their cup. They're building their event. Uh, it's in Oklahoma. I've seen it kind of the past couple of years kind of get bigger and bigger. I haven't been to it myself officially, but I believe that they have vendors and they're selling stuff and their show, I would say, is doubling every every year. So at this point, um, I have no you know, specific uh, feedback about the shows, but I would say check this one out. It's on the rise if you're in Oklahoma or any in the neighboring states or anywhere close by. This one's probably going to be cool. I imagine a lot of the seed guys are going to jump on and support this. And if you go, there'll be a lot of seed vendors there. Um, I only see this thing getting bigger. So check out the Cowboy Cup. Caesar, do you know anything about it? Go, no go? Uh, I don't know much about it, but I saw that they're like, what, starting it up in Oklahoma? Yeah, I guess it's uh, worth checking out, but I don't know much about it. Chalice, it's not even a show anymore. I just wanted to put it on there just to talk about it real briefly before we give away a pack in the last five minutes. But Chalice, it used to be... I don't even want to ever say it was good. It used to be this swamp fucking in July, 710, in L.A., on a blacktop, in a parking lot, with all these AC booths that didn't really AC and people putting up portable air conditioners all over the place that would cool like right in front of themselves and then blow out this hot-ass steam shit out this back while you walk through it and... It was just so fucking hot and miserable. We worked it like two or three times, and I just said, never again, dude. It is just so fucking hot and brutal. And then the evenings are chill because the sun goes down, and they actually have concerts. But they try to they leave the booths open until like midnight or some shit. So you got to stay in your booth and like guard it from like the rave kids who are watching some rave shit fucking 100 yards down the line, and you're not selling shit when the sun goes down. So I don't know. It was... Chalice is what it is. It's no more. It's not even really worth talking about. But I just want to point out, I still hated every second of it. <laughs> you got any thoughts on Chalice? Why do an uh, Why do a hash event when hash should be very cold or at least room temperature when it's twice that almost? Yeah, and I don't want to talk about the way this whole thing ended, but it sort of crashed and burned. I don't really. Again, this thing was. It was run by the Hitman crew and Hitman Dougie and all them guys, and shit got fucking sideways quick. And didn't like the judging aspect of it either because they it bought was, the kits. It was built to, you know, yeah, yeah, buy kits that. to whatever. Um, it, it, you know, I think a shit all over. It was a, dude worked hard to put on a crazy event, and he rolled the dice every time to make it happen. And one of the times those dice came up fucking bad, and that it kind of ruined him. So I don't know. And I, Ruined that event. I shouldn't say ruined him. I'm sure he'll be fine in life and come back. But no, yeah, that uh, it was a, it was a, it was a fucking hell of a fucking thing that they put on. But man, I don't know how we all did that in fucking 110 degree heat and shit, just sitting there sweating our balls off. All right, that is trade shows. Everyone wants free shit. We waited all the way to the end. Good job for waiting patiently, everybody. I applaud you. It's free tonight on the show. Space Stone. How many are you giving away? Uh, we do two packs. Um, so the last two people to email. The, that what the fuck? That's good. that that will never happen. <laughs> they will just continue to email forever. <laughs> so to win space on which is Lazar one fifteen uh, to Skittles bitch slap, you're gonna have to send an email 
to the Dark Horses Next Live at gmail.com. It's on the bottom of your screen if you're watching. And um, in the subject line, you're going to have to write the keyword. 100K? Since we didn't talk about R that much. Yeah, 100K. 100K. 100K and the subject, or I'm sorry, the uh, we'll, we'll have two winners this week. So the winners will be, I'll pick number 20. Caesar, pick a number. 59. 20 and 59 are the winners this week. Also, everybody who won free shit on this show should have it by now. Everybody should have their shit. All the fucking people that decoded the puzzle last week or whatever the fuck it was two weeks ago and won five free packs of shit, everyone should have all their shit. So three cheers for fucking, I don't know me getting everything straight they can see one genuine perfect person <laughs> all right everybody that's the show um yeah we'll uh, have to just come back next week uh, same bat time same bat channel hit that subscribe button i've been watching the fucking thing go up we're at 1.93 let's get to 2k tell somebody to subscribe to this shit or if you just watch this off ig or just click over uh, subscribe on my YouTube. I want to get to 2K for some weird moral victory for myself. Yeah, come on. Like, comment, subscribe like, down comment, below. Like, comment, subscribe, all that shit. Click the notification bell. Make sure you hit all the notifications so you don't miss an episode. All right, everybody. It's time for that beautiful sounds of uh, the one soulful stone ninja. Soulful stone ninja. All right, everybody. Peace. Catch you next week. Little power gay fish come sit on my shoulder today. Little gay power fish sit on my shoulder today and make me a fried shrimpy dish with some soy sauce, baby. As the beat drops, super super fries. Super fried egg roll, triple fried fried rice, triple fried rice, baby. Two for one egg roll, super triple fried rice, triple fried rice, baby. Don't forget the soy sauce, chan chan chan. There's my gay fish song, dudes. What? <laughs>